Early this season, we had doubts as to whether Ryan Poles would even be back as Chicago Bears general manager next season. But as the team has started to turn around and play better, it's made a lot of his moves look good and made it easier to have some confidence in your Bears general manager. You are Locked On Bears, your daily Chicago Bears podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Locked On Bears, and I'm your host, Lauren Cox. I'm here to bring you your daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. You can follow me on Twitter, at CoxSports1. You can follow the podcast on Twitter, at LockedOnBears. You can like Locked On Bears on Facebook, join the Locked On Bears Facebook group for even more Bears talk, and make sure you hit that subscribe button on the Locked On Bears YouTube channel to keep up with all of our video podcasts as well. Thanks for making Locked On Bears your first listen today. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use our promo code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. On the show today, we check in on Chicago Bears general manager Ryan Poles at the bye week, where it feels like as the team has played better and won some games in recent weeks, a lot of that looks like decisions that Ryan Poles made that have been panning out more and more. This was kind of the, I think it was the read between the lines underlying theme to what we talked about on yesterday's podcast about Matt Eberflus and whether he could still save his job. And it's this this great debate between, okay, how much of the Bears' improvement so far in the last handful of games is because the coaching or because the personnel decisions made by the general manager. So I want to go through specifically what we've seen from the general manager and how it feels like maybe something a little bit like job security, but I also want to figure out like for how long, like where do the expectations go? Because it's not long-term job security, but it feels like, okay, maybe he's good for at least next year. Right. But then how, how many, what does he have to do next year? Like at at what point does that seat keep heating up, especially if, there is a new head coach to that extent. If there's a new quarterback to that extent, a lot of different dynamics I want to get into at play here with Ryan Poles. Briefly, before we do that, I want to make a couple quick shout outs to Locked On Bears listeners sending us their Spotify wrapped. If you happen to listen to the podcast on Spotify, Spotify wrapped like, collects your data over the course of the, of the year and then tells you what you listen to the most. And so we had listeners of the podcast sending us in, hey, Locked On Bears is in my top five. It's my number one. It's my most listened to podcast, whatever it is. We absolutely love to hear about it. We had a couple on yesterday's show. Also wanted to shout out uh, Lucas at Lucas Graham underscore on Twitter. We're number three in his top podcast, along with some other very good ones. And then uh, Zach from the Locked On Bears uh, in a subtext insiders group, locked on bears insiders group on subtext. He, t- he sent in that locked on bears is his top podcast of 2023 on Spotify rap. So thanks to Zach and thanks to Lucas and thanks to everybody who we've already shouted out on the podcast yesterday. Keep sending them to us you know, on Twitter at locked on bears on the flock Bears Facebook group in the comments, wherever you can show us, us in your Spotify rap. Cause really it's an honor to be in your top five, most listened to podcasts for you to spend that much time with me over the course of the year. It really means a lot, and that's that's why we do this podcast. That's why we get to talk about somebody like Ryan Poles on the podcast today, because it feels like we've reached this point, and, and like four and eight is not the point that you're like super confident in the team, like, oh, everything is going great, but being four and four in your last eight games and three and three in your last six 
and two and one in your last three. Like players are playing better, and even in the games that you've lost, it's felt like a Bears roster that has been more competitive, right? That they've even in the games that they've lost, like the Lions game or the Saints game, right? Like we we certainly have our qualms as to how they lost that game. But they they went toe to toe with the first place team in the NFC North and really should have beat them. Like this was a team that was good enough roster wise to beat them. And it was tied with the Saints in the fourth quarter with your backup quarterback in the game. And you could have potentially beat them in that scenario. Like this team is undeniably better right now than they were to start the season and than they were last season. And it feels like a lot of that has been Ryan Pohl's acquisitions, right? The the free agents that he signed, the draft picks that he's made, the trade he made at the trade deadline also panning off. Not to excuse the mistakes Ryan Poles has made, and we'll get into some of those and, and some of the more specific you know transactions in a minute here. But like generally, things are going better, and it feels like, well, we, we still have qualms with the coaching staff. You're not looking across this roster and saying, man, Ryan Poles really effed up here. Like, sure, the pass rush still needs to be better, even with Montez Sweat. The offensive line still needs to be better, even with Darnell Wright and Braxton Jones and Tevin Jenkins and company all, all playing fairly well. Like, yes, this team has flaws still, but you're not looking at your general manager like, man, there's that really big glaring mistake right here that he made this move that is hurting the team right now. There are mistakes he's made. He's made glaring mistakes, and we'll, we'll get into some of those. But like, as the team stands today, right, you're not being horribly bogged down by any lingering mistakes that he's made. We can debate whether Tremaine Edmonds is panning out and we'll get into that conversation, but that's not dragging the team down. It's just maybe not perfect or ideal, but like things are stable right now. Things are steady and players are playing better. The The real question to me is like whether or not this being Kevin Warren taking over as the Bears president and whether he will want his own guy whether he is comfortable and confident with Ryan Poles or says, listen, I'm the team president. Now, he didn't really start as team president until like this past spring. He didn't hire Ryan Poles. He didn't hire Matt Eberflus. Those aren't his guys. He didn't draft Justin Fields either. And whether or not he might want his guy. I I do think this Bears organization generally has been one that is not quick to fire general managers. I mean, Ryan Poles got seven, or sorry, Ryan Pace got like, what, seven years, 2015 to 2021. And obviously Jerry Angelo before that had a long time. Like they don't churn through GMs quickly. And it seems like most GMs in the NFL usually get to hire more than one head coach if the one head coach doesn't work out right away. Like you usually get a second shot at the head coach unless things go absolutely catastrophic and really implode and embarrass your franchise in like, you know, absolutely, usually like off the field detrimental ways in addition to on the field. And the Bears have had plenty of, you know, historic losses and gaffes and embarrassments under Matt Eberflus. But I don't think this has risen to the level of like this head coach hire was so bad that you have to fire Ryan Poles. I don't think so. But you're fair to have doubts as to his ability to pick a head coach. I think that's fair. But is that enough reason to fire him when Some of these personnel moves seem to be panning out. I mean, I I think he deserves at least a second shot here with a new team president and maybe a little less meddling in that head coaching search. But let's kind of go through what Ryan Poles has done from a free agency standpoint, a draft standpoint, and a trade standpoint where there have been some bads, but it seems like more and more a lot of good. Next on Locked on Bears. The Locked on Bears podcast is brought to you by our friends at FanDuel Sportsbook. 
It's America's number one sports book because right now, if you've never bet with FanDuel before, new customers are going to get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. So you could bet $5 on the biggest favorite you could possibly find. Sure, you're not going to win a ton for that $5 bet, but if your bet is correct, FanDuel is going to give you an extra $150 in bonus bets that you can then bet on whatever you want. Spreads, money lines, player props, you name it. Like, there's no Bears game this week to bet on, but you bet a $5 money line bet on anything else, you'd have a lot more money to play with with your Chicago Bears moving forward on FanDuel, all on their app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Check it out for yourself. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get your $150 in bonus bets. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Early on this season, it felt like a lot of Ryan Pohl's acquisitions and transactions, there was a rocky start there, right? It was a, a lot of turnover year to year, and the team didn't show the improvement coming out of the gate that we would have wanted, and all of a sudden it was really easy to second-guess everything, essentially. And to not have much patience for it because right, it wasn't all rookies that you got to give time to. It's veteran free agents and trade acquisitions brought in that are good players that we've seen be good players in other teams. And they come to Chicago in week one, week two, week three, week four ish. And they're not good players here. They're playing poorly. It's not working. And, you know, coaching is definitely a factor in that. But we started to question like, okay, did the Bears sign the wrong linebackers? Edmonds and Edwards weren't playing particularly well. The pass rush still wasn't anything. Ryan Poles ignored the pass rush too much, and they couldn't do jack squat in getting after the opposing quarterback. The offensive line was struggling. Oh, man, did they draft the wrong guy with their first-round pick? Did they sign the wrong free agent in Nate Davis because he's been in and out? Do they have a center? Did they ignore the center position too much? And even DJ Moore, a little slow on the start there, like wasn't a, instantly a big part of this offense. I don't know if anybody was fully questioning like, oh man, should they have not traded for DJ Moore? But it certainly felt like a disappointment there. And maybe some of the other, you know, younger players, Braxton Jones gets hurt and is maybe struggling a little bit. And Jaquan Brisker maybe struggling a little bit. And Tyreek Stevenson maybe struggling a little bit. Like there were just a lot of doubts about a lot of what those players were doing early on this season. But, you know, eight to 10 to 12 weeks later, a lot less of those concerns. Like, not that all of these players are now guaranteed pro bowlers that are studs that you're never you're never going to have doubts about ever again, but it feels like younger players are developing and growing and, and rising up into their spots, and the free agents are generally panning out, and, and more importantly, not overwhelmingly, like, busting out. Like, maybe they're not, you know, there's different degrees of, like, how successful the free agent signings have been, but for me, like, free agency is more about avoiding the big mistakes than it is finding, you know, like rarely do you see a big money free agent contract pan out and be worth more than what they were signed for. But you got to at least like avoid like the big mistake that really holds your team back. And we haven't really seen that with, with Ryan Polis, the free agent acquisitions from this year. Like, again, we can, we could do a whole podcast talking about Tremaine Edmonds and whether is he, has he been worth the contract so far? I'd, I'd say no, but doesn't mean that he won't ever be. And I don't think he's been like a liability. He just hasn't been $20 million a year good. And like, that's a fair criticism of Ryan Poles. Like TJ Edwards has been the better linebacker for less money. And Jack Sanborn has played really well in Tremaine Edmonds's place when Edmonds has been injured. So like a fair criticism that maybe, maybe Tremaine Edmonds, I mean, early returns are 
underwhelming. But again, I don't think he's been like a massive bust who's hurting the team when he's out there where it's like, oh God, they got to cut him this offseason because he's just useless. Like, no, you want you want better, but we can have a little bit of patience. You know, same kind of thing with Demarcus Walker, the other kind of big defensive end signing there. Like, yeah, underwhelming. I thought he was supposed to come in and be one of their premier pass rushers, but after they signed him, they went out and got Unique Ngakwe and Montez Sweat because they realized, uh, Walker Walker's not cutting it. And he's still... He's flashing here and there, but I don't think he's panned out to what his full free agent value is, but hasn't been a disaster that's hurting this team and holding this team back. Like, honestly, Unique Ngakwe, same conversation. Like, he hasn't really been the savior up front. It's a one-year deal, though, so you can kind of live with it, even though he hasn't been playing that well. And, like, across the board, it just feels like Nate Davis settling in now at right guard. He's not a Pro Bowl guy, but playing playing all right and decent, decently productive there. DJ Moore obviously playing better and better, looking like the guy that he was supposed to be. Uh, also, Mercedes Lewis at tight end has, has been a nice little pickup for them. Maybe Robert Tanyan hasn't panned out, but for the most part, free agents hanging in there, doing all right. Like I'm not, I don't think it's like A plus from Ryan Poles, but you're not failing in free agency. You're at least passing, I think, in free agency. Draft wise, I mean, how, what can you say about this? These young players, Darnell Wright looking good as a first round pick, Tyreek Stevenson having expected ups and downs, but not looking like a bust by any means, you know, with, with what we've seen so far. Jervon Dexter finally coming along and playing pretty good on the defensive line there. Zach Pickens still a work in progress. Like, again, with all these rookies, jury is still fully out, but, like, these guys are all showing promise. Roshan Johnson, Tyler Scott, even Terrell Smith comes in as a fifth-round pick and starts in place of Tyreek Stevenson and plays pretty well against the Minnesota Vikings. Last year's draft picks, Kyler Gordon, Jaquan Brisker, like, they're still making mistakes, but they're still growing. Like, you know what I mean? Like, they're still, they're not busts. Like, the only real bust on Ryan Poles' draft tenure right now is Valus Jones. Like, that's, and that's a fair one. Like, yeah, that one is a bad pick, rough pick. But, like, one one bust on a third-round pick in two drafts feels like a pretty good hit rate to me. Like, that's, that's all you could hope for from your GM. And we'll see. I mean, some of these guys got to be even better than they are now. And, of course, they're still young, so they should be. But, like, you still got to see where the draft classes pan out. But so far, not a lot to really be concerned about draft-wise. And then quickly, like trade-wise, obviously the elephant in the room here, Chase Claypool, horrible trade. Almost a fireable miss trade by Ryan Poles. Fair, like fair criticism. That was really bad and set this team back for sure. DJ Moore, that trade down from number one with as bad as Bryce Young has looked and as good as DJ Moore has looked, that looks like a pretty smart move. I mean, certainly CJ Stroud is a separate conversation there, but like, Bears got really good value for that trade, and that one has worked out. And Montez Sweat, really starting to settle in and play well. Looking like a better and better trade each and every week for this Bears defensive line. So it's like, yeah, there are mistakes in Ryan Poles' era, but, I mean, every GM makes mistakes. You can't expect perfection, but you do need to, but you can't also, like, measure him just by how everything looks. Like, for the GM, wins and losses are going to start to matter here soon, and they're going to start to need to see results, or else there's going to be some heat and going to be some pressure and going to be some real some real risk of losing his job and I want to kind of get into that right there like where do we start to start the start to set the expectations for Ryan Poles like where where is the leash here like what what do we still need to see like if the players are looking good they're not winning games yet they do need to start winning games eventually and sooner rather than later but it's more important that the players are playing well cuz then it feels like coaching is kind of the missing key there but he hired the coach so we'll kind of take a look at where Ryan Poles' leash might be and how the decisions in front of him this offseason will affect how much leeway he gets and how much job security he might have in the short and long term. Next on Locked on Bears. 
The Lockdown Bears podcast is brought to you by our friends at Game Time. Game Time is the best way to get tickets for all of your favorite live events. Not just Bears games, but all the sports, comedy shows, theater shows, concerts, uh, you name it, they've got it on Game Time. I'm looking at Bears Lions tickets right now. I think the cheapest tickets on there at Soldier Field for December 10th are $144 in the upper section against a good Lions team. That should be a fun one. You can also get lower level tickets for just under $200 right now on Game Time as well. I just went to a Kiss concert on Monday with Game Time, and I saved using our promo code Locked On NFL because with Game Time, you take the guesswork out of buying tickets. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use our promo code Locked On NFL to get twenty dollars off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem our promo code Locked On NFL for twenty dollars off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. It feels like Ryan Poles' job with, with the improvement we've seen on the team, like it, it would take a lot at this point for me to feel like he's for sure going to get fired this offseason. You never know with Kevin Warren, like we talked about, but it feels like for the most part, he's got, he's got, he's, he'll be back next season. So then the question for me is like, what next? Like for how long? You know, what, what does that leash look like? Like at what point does the lack of success start to turn back on? Ryan Poles. Again, we saw Ryan Pace get six years of, you know, going through a couple of coaches and trying to find different ways to do it with obviously a big quarterback, two big quarterback transitions in there and uh, some different, uh, some different coaching up and downs there. I suppose I skipped Phil Emery in that conversation. I forget Phil Emery in the uh, Bears general manager, like history there. And to, to his credit, like he got 12, 13, 14, he got three years. So even firing Ryan Poles after two years would be faster even than Phil Emery. But Phil Emery had a little bit more of the, you know, the disastrous man. You fired Lovey Smith and replaced him with Tressman and there were fights in the locker room. And I mean, all sorts of all sorts of mess that came with that, where it feels like Eberflus hasn't been quite that for Ryan Poles. Ryan Poles inherited much worse than what Phil Emery inherited and is generally trending up, whereas, you know, the opposite was true. But regardless, like, so Ryan Poles comes back next year. If... If they bring back Matt Eberflus for one more year, like we kind of talked about yesterday as a possibility, then if if things don't go well in year three of Eberflus, is Poles then tied to that and fired? Or does Poles then get a chance then to hire another head coach at that point and go through another, you know, however many years? Cause, or, or if you fire Ryan, Ryan or if you fire Matt Eberflus this offseason and Ryan Poles gets to pick his new head coach, then is he tied purely to that next head coach and he stays as long as that head coach stays. And if that head coach does well, Ryan Poles stays for a while. If that head coach does poorly, Ryan Poles goes whenever that head coach goes. Like, is that, is that where the leash is? And then, and how does the quarterback play into this? Because this was something we talked about a little bit with Matt Eber, about Matt Eberflus on yesterday's podcast, where if say they bring back Matt Eberflus, they trade Justin Fields and they draft Caleb Williams or they draft Drake May or whatever. Pick your rookie quarterback, not important. Then all of a sudden it's like, well, you can't set super high expectations for 2024 because you got a rookie quarterback. Like as good as the best rookie quarterback right now, CJ Stroud has played like the Texans are, what is their record? It's they're six and five. Like they're, a, they're pushing for a playoff spot, I guess, but it's not like over the top 
really going to run away with things. Like So generally, rookie quarterback comes in, you kind of reach that expectation that, hey, it's going to take a year or two before this really takes off, winning-wise. And so does that buy Ryan Poles, you know, two or three more years as that rookie quarterback goes through the process? You know, is there an incentive there for Ryan Poles to say, man, in order to protect my job, I need to get a new head coach and a new quarterback because those guys will then give me patience from ownership and from Kevin Warren to say like, hey man, I got a new head coach and a new quarterback. You can't expect us to be a Super Bowl team in year one with a new head coach and a rookie quarterback. So you got to give us more time. I need more years to keep building up this team. I therefore have job security. As opposed to if you're Ryan Poles and you bring back Matt Eberflus and Justin Fields, is all the pressure on 2024? And if they blow 2024, are you out the door? Are you fired? Or or can can Matt Eberflus and Justin Fields hypothetically come back in 2024, blow it, have a bad year, and Ryan Poles still keep his job and still get to hire another head coach? Like that that's that's the that's the thousand million dollar question there. Like, which to me it feels like I mean, Kevin Warren is certainly going to evaluate everything and, and make a determination on Ryan Poles, but it does feel to me like if if he brings Poles back, as expected, and if Poles brings back Iberflus and Justin Fields, then that sets high expectations for 2024 and says, all right, you'll be in year three of this coach, year four of this quarterback, in year three of maybe this offense or maybe a new offensive coordinator or whatever, with a lot of your pieces in place, Ryan, like if, you, if Ryan Poles is putting his eggs in the yes we're sticking with Fields and we're sticking with Eberflus basket, then he's telling the team we're going to win more in 2024. We're going to take another step forward. Like he is setting that as then the expectations. Like, okay, we talked heading into this season, 2023, that the expectations for this year for Eberflus and Poles was not Super Bowl. The expectation was show progress, Maybe push for the playoffs, but probably around 500. Maybe a sneak in the playoffs. Maybe a fall just short. Obviously, the Bears have been well below those expectations. And that's why we talk about firing Matt Eberflus. But like, all of a sudden, like the expectations for next year, I think go even higher than that. Like this was kind of the year of like, all right, like progress, but doesn't have to take the big step. Next year would have to be the big step year for Flus, for Fields. And, there, and as a result, I think Ryan Pohl. So if you come back next year and everything fails again, can you look at Ryan Poles and say, man, you've had three years, ah, but we'll give you another try because you, you again picked the wrong, you stuck with the wrong quarterback and the wrong coach in that hypothetical situation if they fail next year. You stuck with them and you after you had the opportunity to get out and you still stuck with them, you doubled down on them and we're still wrong. We got to get you out of here. As opposed to like kind of hitting the reset button for himself and for his job security to say, you know, let's do the rookie quarterback and, and the new head coach. Like, even like, and I just wonder how that shapes his personnel decision. Like he might very well think, man, I think Justin Fields could do this. I, I think he could, but is the safer move for him to just go new quarterback because it's just better for his job security. Like I, I think at some point you get to the point where he's weighing a, li a little bit. Is, is there a scenario where he's weighing his job security versus the best interest of the team? Like, is there a chance that keeping Justin Fields might be the best interest of the team to win a little bit more in 2024, but it might be more risky for Ryan Poles than the rookie quarterback? You know, even if he believes in Ryan, even if Poles believes in Justin Fields, is, is that proposition 
too risky for him for his own job security. Whereas drafting the rookie quarterback and hiring a new head coach is assuring his job security, whether or not it's purely the best thing for the Bears or not, it is the best thing for Ryan Poles to, to, to give him some long-term job security. Like, unless he is somehow 100% confident that Matt Eberflus and Luke Getzey and Justin Fields are going to take this Bears team to the playoffs next year, which I don't know how you could have that kind of conviction. That feels risky to put your eggs in that basket and say, yep, that's going to get us to the promised land. To be that certain that that's going to be better for your job security than eh, rookie head coach, or sorry, rookie quarterback, new head coach, that resets the timeline for Ryan Pohl. So I can't help but wonder if that will be on his mind as he goes through those decisions this offseason. Or you know, if, if he's got that assurance from Kevin Warren that says, listen, Paul Ryan, if you think you want to bring him back with these guys, go for it, and you're still going to get a couple more years of a leash, even if it doesn't work out with them, you could fire them next year. Like, will they think that long-term in those conversations? Or is there some of that short-term expectation of like, if you bring these guys back, you got to make the playoffs next year. You got to be above 500 next year. You got to hit these things or else it's your butt on the line. No one knows, right? We can't truth serum Ryan Poles, but it's something to keep in the back of your mind as you think about how the Bears make these decisions heading into the offseason. We still got five more games to break down, though. Like, we're talking about this now because it's the bye week, but there's still more Bears football ahead of us here. And looking forward to breaking it down. A lot at stake for Eberflus and Justin Fields to try and give Ryan Poles that confidence. And, hey, we'll be talking about it five days a week here on the Locked On Bears podcast. So make sure you hit that subscribe button on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts. That's going to be the best way to keep up with all of our daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. Thanks for making Locked On Bears your first listen today. We especially love our everydayers tuning in five days a week, sending us your Spotify wrapped as well. If you don't listen on Spotify, it's not going to break. It's not going to hurt my feelings. I listen on Apple Podcasts. I don't listen on Spotify either. So it's okay, but we love seeing those Spotify wraps. Keep sending them in if you've got yours. I want to see where we are in your top five. We'll keep shouting you out. Appreciate you tuning in. And I hope in exchange for all of your loyal listening, every day you leave with another opportunity to bear down.